The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but the Bible teaches there's a time to laugh and a merry heart does make like medicine. The review of the goofy news which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. If you turn on anything on the news, you'll find out that there's kabuki theater all over the place. Also, life lessons for our faith that we could actually use if we decide to be doers and not just hearers of the word. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Well, in about eight weeks, I won't have any school left, so then I'll really have a reason to have a show. And then also Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. To the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the most bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. I can't talk. Sammy Davis Jr., personal friend of mine. Anyway, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have any idea what we're doing. Eh, We don't care. For the next few minutes... I want to talk faith with you. So we're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through that process of understanding that there are times where you feel like a burden to other people and you feel like a burden to the Lord, and it ain't true. And yes, I used the word ain't. Here's the bottom line. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, We want you to reach out to us and touch base with us and fellowship with us. You can do it in a couple of different ways. You don't have to have a particular background. We would love it if you would reach out to us and share some of the great things that the Lord's doing in your life. Or maybe you just have prayer requests and you just have things you need other people's faith to join with your faith so that we can bring it before the Lord and ask for his help. All of that is great. It doesn't matter what your background is. Do you love Jesus, right? Same Heavenly Father, same Lord Jesus Christ, blood relatives drinking from the same Holy Spirit. Bottom line to the whole process, reach out to us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call, that special phone call, and you call 972-445-0770. It's just like hitting a bullseye when you're playing darts. Wow. And then you will be... Probably should have included your name in that process right there, but, you know, 
It was a dart. Who, the, me? Yeah. The dart one was good, though. That's good, like hitting a bullseye. Have you ever hit a bullseye playing darts? I really don't, don't know why there's a, a bull in the dart hall. I'm just going to move on right now. Uh, you can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Don't call that number, but you can text live during the show, 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. That's david at hemusincrease.org. D-A, the vid, after the D-A, and at hemusincrease.org. Also, we'll send you up to the website. A couple things to make you aware of there. On the website at the top is the instructional video video for people who are trying to figure out what's the brochure is about what's this being an ambassador thing what does all this have to do with anything it's all explained on the website plus on the website is this fantastic thing called the opportunity to give we love it so much we put it about 10 different times all over the website hint hint go to he must increase.org prayer request he must increase.org praise report Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. You see, now that would have been good if I would have used the arrow and shooting at a bullseye, like on a target. That would have been a good one because that that doesn't sound good for the darts. You know that. I yeah, that was more of a chicken sound than yeah. a bull sound. Is that what that is? A chicken sound? Okay. <laughs> is that the chicken dance? No. What was that? Okay. All right. Uh, a couple things to let you know. We're going to go into prayer. Our very good friend Eric has got a friend of his. Now, this is kind of serious stuff, so we're going to go right into prayer. He's got a friend of his who is going to California to try and find a missing granddaughter, which is not a good scene. Uh, the same person has kind of a separated muscle in their chest going through quite a bit. So we just want to pray for Eric's friend as well as for the the rest of the audience in regards to physical healing. But that's a that's a huge deal. You know, having to try and track down your granddaughter, she's gone missing. So let's pray. Let's join our faith together. Father, we come before you right now in the precious name of Jesus, and we thank you in everything that we go through because you take that very item, that very element, and bring something glorious out of it. So we can thank you ahead of time, knowing that you will do that again. And we lift up Eric's friend to you, and how disheartening to feel that one of your own offspring is missing. And we just pray that by the grace and by the mercy that comes from your throne, you will enable this friend of Eric to make contact, to make some kind of reach with his granddaughter. We are praying for a fast response in this. And we're also asking that while he's going through that, that his physical uh, impediment would not stop him from the pursuit. And that, Lord, you would actually bring miracles about in this situation to testify that you're with him. He's a brother. He's in, in you. He's one of your children. He's one of our brothers. And we just ask you to we rally behind our brother. And we ask you to help him in this process. Love on him. And, Lord, we have many people in this audience that are really— physically hurting in all different places, in all different parts of their body. And some people are hurting emotionally, and some people are hurting psychologically. And we ask for your grace upon them and your mercy, and that you would speak refreshment to them and encouragement. Don't let anybody be so pushed down, so under the thumb, so depressed, that the hope that you offer escapes them. Because, Lord, in you is hope. 
and we look to you to be the God of hope for these people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay? All right. Got that? All right. Let's keep them in prayer. Don't forget to keep praying for people like Nola and the different people that we have in our in our group. Nola's John's granddaughter as well. Let's go into we don't have any kind of setups for today, right? This is Tuesday, right? Okay. You can tell that I've been writing quite a bit. <laughs> Let me just tell you. I wrote so much that I've already written my professor two extremely long emails. I don't think I'm well liked. <laughs> At the school right now. Let's just put it that way. But I am trying to, you know, do the best that I can to finish up on the defense. I just can tell they're all going to have a party when I'm done. Uh, let's go into the text. Matthew chapter 6. That's Matthew chapter 6. And we are at verse 24. I'm going to concentrate on the first part of the verse. And then later on the second part of the verse, it says this. No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. So before we get into the explanation on how this really connects to America as a country, let's get into the explanation that Jesus is laying something out that's very difficult for a lot of us. And that is you cannot serve two masters. So what what is that? Why can't you serve two masters? I mean, can't you serve, uh, uh, you know, can't you have uh, a complete adoration for people and a complete adoration for different items? And it's like, yeah, you can. Apart from God, you can serve as many masters as you want. But you can't serve God and another master. That's the, that's the issue. If you want God to be your God, you cannot have another God. You cannot have another thing. And so what we talk about often is that whatever goes between us and God, whatever stands between us and God, whatever blocks the flow, whatever person, uh-oh, whatever place, whatever thing, whatever element— Whatever noun you can put in there, if it obstructs our connection to the Lord, it becomes our God because it becomes in front of. So if you think of yourself and you're standing there and then six feet away is the very throne room of God and you recognize that Jesus has made that pathway for you to walk and then there's something that pops up that blocks between you and God, that's the problem. can't have that. And how, how deep is that? How profound is that? The mo- one of the most profound believers ever would definitely be Abraham, though he didn't have a Bible. He was a man who was just full of faith and trust and confidence in the Lord. So that doesn't mean he was perfect, but he was absolutely confident in what God can do. And he was so happy to have his promise from God, his little son, Isaac, come about. It's the promise of God. It's the fulfillment of God. He loved it so much it became so important that God made him sacrifice it. God made him sacrifice Isaac. Now, people are like, well, would he let him do it? Would he not let him do it? In Abraham's heart, he offered him before the Lord. That arm was coming down. That knife was coming down. That sacrifice was made. And the, the major understanding is even if it's as tight as the promise that you have from God about somebody else or something else, even if it's that big, it still cannot stand in the way between you and the Lord. There is nothing that we can have in our lives. No person, I want to say that again, no person, ourselves included, 
No dream, no fantasy, no desire of acquirement, no desire of possession, nothing that we can have in this life ever can get in between that position of the Lord and us. Anything else that comes in between God and us is an idol. You think, well, no, no, I don't idolize this person. Yeah, but if that person comes before God, you do. You cannot have that. You cannot have any relationship. You cannot have any commitment. You can have nothing between you and the Lord. He does not tolerate any other adoration. That isn't, if it's not him first, then in his economy, it's not only sinful, but that becomes your God. You want to stay away from that. That's a bad idea. If you've got something there, if you're not sure you've got something there, I got a great piece of advice from you. Go before the Lord and bring it up and be honest and say, if there is something in me that is, you know, that is pulling me away from you, if there's something in me that's tearing me away from the kingdom, if something in me that's tearing me away from spending time with you and communing with you and making sure that you are my priority in existence, oh, Lord, reveal it to me and help me to overcome that and push it to the side. Because the answer we have said time and time again, the answer is, in life, more of him. That's the answer, okay? Take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, so you may appeal to a higher power. What is the David Spoon experience? Woman walks into window and sues for injuries. <laughs> Play that again. <laughs> Apparently now, being moronic entitles you to sue. Uh, here's the problem. The person walked into a window and sued the restaurant owner because there was a window there. I want to say two things. One, my dog has more common sense than that because my dog stops at the window and waits. And number two, I guess with the $100,000 the woman is trying to get, she can buy a sensor that goes off and she can wrap it around her forehead so that whenever she's going to come close to an object, it will beep for her. What do you think? That's a good one. The David Spoon Experience. Who is David Spoon? 
I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a PhD program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget to be praying for Captain Chris, Jennifer, and Don. As without the three of them, there'd be no show. Okay? I can't say that any clearer. There'd be no show. Okay? So just keep praying for them there. A great blessing and a great support to what we're doing. So we appreciate that. Okay, here you go. Here's your first trivia question. Whose name, hint, hint, I just talked about this for 10 minutes. Whose name means the father of many nations? Whose name means the father of many nations? If you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483 as well. You can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. Of course, Joanne and Cordelia striking right away. Just keep in mind your only hint here. I did talk about it for like 10 minutes. Uh, whose, uh, Whose name means the father of many nations? That's the question. We do have somebody ready to answer the trivia question. So let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. I'm, I'm a little overloaded because of all the, the stuff I'm doing on defense. So my brain feels like it's working at about, I don't know, 50%. I get that. I'm going to tell you because I'm just like, Bruh. <laughs> that's how I feel. So be praying for me so that I don't lose okay, all the rest I pray of it. for all of you Sunday. Uh, I'll continue to pray that. for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, here we go. Whose name means the father of many nations? Abraham. That is correct, sir. You are right. And that is the key. He is, he is our example. It's so amazing about Abraham. Prior to the law, everything that you see with Abraham and this relationship that he had with the Lord was so great. He was called a friend of God. It's like, oh, yeah. I just want that. That's He awesome. was a great man. Great man. Exactly. I can't wait to get up there and meet him and talk to him. And, uh, you know, it would be so, so fascinating to hear how he went through everything. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, brother. That is a great job and a great phone call. Okay. And I'll continue to pray for all of you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. See, see, instead I was just talking about Abraham. See, that's 
That's how that works. Uh, let's see. There's something else to say. Oh, yeah. All right. So I told you that. Told you that. Uh, just be praying for the audience. I just think it's a good idea to be praying for refreshment. People, you, you get weary. You get tired. As not just in the faith, but just in life. And sometimes just a a, a breath from, or a breath or a wind from the Holy Spirit just filling you up can really uh, create some great revitalization. So we want to be praying that for all of each other. Here we go. This is the toughest one. I hate hate talking about money, but I can't change what the text says. Here's what it says. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate the one or he will love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Then the rest of the verse says, you cannot serve both God and money. Okay. So let's at least do a little bit of a, of an honesty check. We are not in a society where right now our survival for food is quite the same as it is in many other places in the world. We will give acknowledgement to Billy Graham who said, and said it rightly, if you were born in America, you were the rich man. I mean, this is, in our society, you're poor if you only have one big screen TV or one phone or one computer. I mean, that's how our society is, right? There's nothing wrong with some of the great technological advancements we've made. I think some of it's, you know, the, the knowledge, good and evil. Some of it can be used in very powerful ways. In fact, most people should use the Internet a little bit more for biblical studies. There's free resources. There's over a million free resources on the Internet. It's like it's amazing, right? But that's not the issue that's at hand. Money in and of itself is not the problem, okay? It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And so Jesus, before, before that's being said by the apostles, Jesus says, look, you can't serve God and money. You can't make your life about how much you make. And this is one of the problems you know, in our society. It's like, well, whoever dies with the most, most toys wins. It's like, no, whoever dies with the most toys dies. And then they're going to face God. And then they're going to have to answer for stewardship. And it's like, that ain't going to be pretty no matter what. So it's not a slam against money itself. It's a slam against people that make that their purpose. Now, I'm full, fully aware of paying rent, <laughs> paying car payments, paying all those things late, having, having to juggle between maybe a credit card that you shouldn't have, but you have it anyway, and your electric bill. I am there. Okay? I get it. And I've I've chosen a different route from my own uh, perspective. I had my own opportunities. I went a different route because I wanted to follow the Lord. That doesn't mean everything's easy. That doesn't mean everything's just like, oh, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, Skittles and cotton candy. (laughs) No, it's not. And on the other side of that, I'll just say this really nice. I've been rich and I've been poor. Rich was better. (laughs) I'm just saying. But the pursuit of money cannot be the passion for which you live. And quite frankly, if you get up and you're just living so that you can uh, provide, get a paycheck so that you can just have the, the essentials just to survive, it's a little bit of not living. It's kind of like you're paying then, or you're living then to pay rent and pay bills. It's like that's not a purpose for living. You got to have a purpose. You got to have something bigger than yourself. 
and it might take some time to get there. And you might have to, you know, really work hard in the beginning to get established. That's all fine. And in our country, we provide amazing opportunities where anybody can accomplish the, the idea that you can't accomplish anything. Look how many people are in politics. That should tell you anybody can do anything anywhere at all in our country. It's fantastic. But a big part of our problem is the greed factor. And everybody is so, well, I got mine. Well, I got mine. And it's like, yeah, this is the deal. The deal is you, you, you can't have a heart that is fully committing to just taking care of yourself because then you're nothing like Jesus. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it outright. And I know that there's people that are like, well, well, I'm a Christian because I give my money to the church. That doesn't make you a Christian. Just I don't want to hear that. That's so silly. Okay, You're a Christian if Jesus Christ is your Lord. And if you are committed and devoted to honoring him and living for him on an everyday basis, not because you make a lot of money, not because you have a nice house or a nice car, and there's nothing wrong with those things. It's if those are your proof of faith, well, then there's a lot of billionaires who are Christians who hate God. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense at all. Listen, I pray that the Lord would bless this audience every single day, selfishly. You want to know why? Because then I think, yeah, maybe they'll give a little bit more. It's like, look, I'm not, because we need to, to get through it. I get it. But we don't live for that. We don't make that our priority. That's not the pursuit. The pursuit is to honor him. It's a simple question. I'll just ask you this real fast. Ready? If God asked you to go to another country to represent him right now, would you argue? Answer that question. If God asked you to get rid of everything and go do something, would you argue? And you knew it was God. Would you argue? It's not that having those things or being prepared or laying foundations or laying money up for your children or laying money up for your future. None of that's wrong. All of that's biblical. It simply is that your core. And by that, you think, see, I am being a good Christian. Now, you're, you're a follower of Christ if you do what Jesus says and you spend time with him. The problem would be those who will say, well, we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this. And Jesus has said in Matthew 7, 21, depart from me, I never knew you. Like, who are you? Don't know you. We never hung out. Oh, not a good thing. Yikes. Okay. We'll uh, break from this now, so we'll go into something cheerier in the next uh, 30 minute, half hour, quarter of the show. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? When you are in the presence of the Lord and his presence is strengthening you, and we talked about that can happen through the word of God, through prayer, and through fellowship. And then you go through some process where somebody sends you a text 
or somebody sends you a letter, or somebody calls you, or somebody sends you an email, or somebody looks at you funny, or somebody kind of glances, or somebody says something about you, or you hear something about yourself, or you eat the wrong kind of tacos and you just feel bad and the joy is sucking away at the moment. Here is the answer while the devil is trying to take your joy away. Here is the key for the next 365 days for your life. When the devil takes the joy away by robbing you, you go back into the presence of God again. When the devil comes in and robs you and takes that joy, will you get up off your duff or your blessed assurance and you go into the presence of God again, be it prayer, be it Bible, be it fellowship, be it worship, be it whatever. I don't care. Get up and get back in the presence of God again. And when the devil comes around the second time and knocks on your door and you open it and he takes it from you again, then you get off your blessed assurance again and you get back into the presence of God again. And when he does it a third time, you do it again. And when he does it a fourth time, you do it again. Because the strength of the Lord is in the joy of the Lord, which is found in the presence of the Lord. And when he comes a robbing, you go to refill. When the tank is empty, put gas in it. When you're depleted, fill it up. And you think, well, I can't do that. Why not? You did it the first time. Yes, but that was special. Why? Because you tried? Try again. But you don't understand. No, I don't care. That's much, much more heartless to say that, huh? That's a good one. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, don't, I care about the truth. I don't care about somebody's, well, my perception, well, good for you. God bless you. When you can figure out that you can argue with God, let me know how that goes. If you win that argument, you come back. You can take the throne. But you ain't going to win it. So when the enemy comes and he comes a stealing, you do exactly what you need to do to take it back. If he steals from you, you take it right back. Why? Because you can. Because he's not empowered to keep it from you. He's empowered to take it momentarily. You're empowered to take it right back. Take it. The David Spoon Experience.